Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 210. Here we are, the 14th of July, 2021. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello, uh, hello. Are, we, are we actually live, Casey? We are. It, 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 was okay. a, it was a little delayed getting in there. <laughs> <laughs> always make sure. Always make sure. Uh, with us, uh, per usual, we have Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Doing all right. Uh, the temperature didn't get up as high as it could have because we had thunderstorms. And uh, ah. first in the chat was Hockey Day and Anders and Very Derek. Good. Yeah. Very good. The trifecta of uh, live <laughs> viewers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us from, uh, I want to say... Uh, Hot Atlanta, but uh, that's not the case. <laughs> but, uh, it's been hot out on the West Coast. Mr. Patrick Connor joins us. That's right. Hello. It has been warm out here. Today is pretty nice, but uh, right now California is getting hit with another heat wave, and it's going to be moving north. So, uh, yeah, we've had uh, some hot days, and uh, it was like right as we were coming out of lockdown. Uh, uh, go outside. No, wait. Don't go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Stay inside. Yeah. That's Anything would go outside. For a year and a half. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I want to say hello to everybody joining us for Living the Tesla Life. Show number two ten. What's that's 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 half of four twenty. <laughs> it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, the yes. four twenty joke. It just never goes away, does it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> We're halfway there, and we'll make it to four twenty. I'm sure. Yes. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, let's start off with Patrick. He's got a story for us today about ten million. That is right. 10 million. So this story comes to us from Inside EVs, and it looks like they worked with uh, EV Annex. And uh, for whatever reason, it's not loading here. There we go. And uh, they're asking the question, can Tesla make it to 10 million vehicles by the end of the decade? And uh, if you look at uh, where they've come from, starting with their small, low-volume stuff, uh, 18 years ago with the uh, original Roadster? Has it really been that long? A long wow. time, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's, um, I guess that's from their founding in 2003. Yeah. Uh, so at first yeah, thought. They only produced three cars then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first year all they produced was business mop plans and, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, trying to get uh, uh, funding. So, uh it's interesting to say we're, we're, we're like hoping that Tesla can get to a million vehicles this year. And, uh, you know, we, we've said that, that it could be anywhere from 850,000 to, to over a million. And uh, so this is asking the question, can they get to 10 million? And uh, so to put that in context, I started looking at, well, okay, how many cars are sold annually around the world? Because they, uh, they sell cars around the world. And that number is about 75 million. So that's not an unreasonable market share. If by the end of the decade, most cars are electric and most electric cars are Tesla, <laughs> then uh, it makes it pretty easy to see 10 million happening. And, and, then, and then, okay, so, so it's not outside of the realm of possibility. And then I started looking at how has their ramp gone and um, putting that into an a, a S-curve model. And if you look at... Where they're at now, they've they've uh, they were producing about eighteen thousand in twenty fifteen, 
and then they went over a hundred thousand in 2019 and now they're approaching a million for for this year so pretty pretty quickly uh one and a half million three million six million yeah they can get there they can get there by 2028 uh so it's not unreasonable if they continue to build more factories and we know that they've got two factories that are coming online hopefully this year uh there'll be austin and then berlin <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe the other way around who knows maybe yeah and then uh who knows where they're going to build after that um and so that they'll have two in north america and maybe they'll build another one in europe maybe they'll do something in india uh who knows uh but uh i would not be surprised if if tesla after they get these two factories going announces another location or two where they where they start to you know where the, they'll come online in 2023 2024 so uh, uh and continuing we've seen in china they're growing and building new factories there model y is selling like crazy so it's not a demand problem it's a supply problem which means they should continue to sell every vehicle they can make and so, yeah, I do think it's possible. Where at first, when I saw this, I was like, 10 million? We're, we're trying to get to a million. That's that's crazy. 10 times that amount, uh, but it's not so crazy. Yeah, and in 10 years, if they if they hit a million this year, then then it's easy. Uh, but it, like, if you if you just throw away all the other cars I've done in the past, and then you start from this year, I mean, by the end of the decade, it's, it's quite possible. Uh, right. They're definitely going to need to build some more gigafactories, because Mosca said that they need mm -hmm. one per continent, and well, that that's missing a few. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they probably should also do a combo of uh, of the car factory and the energy gig factory because right now Buffalo is uh, a risk for them since it's the only energy gig factory. And uh, yes, and that is their plan going forward that all the gig factories will be batteries, cars, and solar. Because, um, I mean, if you're selling in every continent, you would want to manufacture in every continent. If you're going to build a factory, why not have all your products there? And I'm sure that there's some exceptions to that. Like, they don't need supercharger production everywhere right. or, you know, um, but power But nice to have a backup, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because there's always logistical issues. And, yeah, so having, yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah, if they say, hey, 10% of the solar cells come from here, 10% of the superchargers come from here. Etc. And then if something happens to, to to Buffalo, they can ramp up in the other places. And we're seeing that now, right? Like they expected to be selling Model Ys in Europe from Giga Berlin, and yep. because they've had delay after delay, now they're shipping them from China. And yep. um, sure, shipping them from China is not convenient, but it's better than not having any in that market at all. Or putting them on a boat. <laughs> well, they're they're still getting on a boat, right? Oh, they are. I thought they were taking a train. No. Either oh, okay. way, the, the, your yeah. point is they have a backup, and and that's yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, always good to have a, a plan B for sure. So speaking of uh, Giga Berlin, um, it's not on our list, but uh, I, I tagged you two in, in the latest with the uh, astroturf campaign. <laughs> yes, the astroturfers. Yeah, it's quite they, they lost. Well, not Tesla, but the turfers. Yeah, lost. it went. There was a, a case taken to court. And uh, the higher court uh, shot down the uh, people that were asking for a shutdown of the plant uh, construction. So uh, that's good news um, that at least the higher court is, uh, you know, uh, pushing uh, the narrative that uh, the plant can't be stopped at this point over 
questionable concerns. Yeah, it's just sad that they're able to use the court system as a, a weapon, that they've weaponized the legal system uh, in this way. That, that We know they're bogus claims, and uh, it's pretty obvious they are. This is just a way to try to throw up roadblocks and barriers and make it more difficult for a company that they don't agree with for whatever reason. It's like, it's like I was saying when, when uh, NADA was doing their stupid animated campaign, about how much better they were than, than Tesla, mm -hmm. but at the same time going through all this uh, machination to make sure that they were the only choice. It's like, well, if you are so much better exactly. and you're so much safer and blah, 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 and all this and prove it. Right. If you're adding real value, <laughs> customers are going to want that. And so you shouldn't need to do lawsuits to stop competition. That's yeah, exactly if, what they tried to do. Exactly. And if Tesla was as bad and scary as they say, uh, it, it would very quickly be exposed. I mean, yeah, they're not perfect, but like if they were constantly robbing people and, and there was no way to get serviced and blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, they're talking about getting your service done. That was right when Hummer shut down and you couldn't get your Hummer serviced. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, and, and for an environmental group yeah. to be complaining about an EV, an all EV company trying to start up and sell EVs in their country. Right. It will be taking diesels off the road. Yeah, you would think there'd be more support for that. Why? I, I bet if we follow the money, we'll find it leads back to uh, the, the cartel that just got their, their wrists slapped. Well, uh, that would be interesting to find out if we could ever unearth uh, the details. But, Get a forensic uh, accountant. At this point, <laughs> we don't have access to that. But uh, yeah. hopefully... Tesla lawyers calling. Don't don't say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, I, uh, I, I am, I'm <laughs> speculating there. There you go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very oh, good. I know this isn't on our, our topic list, but speak since we brought up courtrooms, <laughs> we have Go to ahead. we have to mention that Musk was in court over yes. the Solar City acquisition in 2016, and uh, uh, it's just again this this is a, a lawsuit brought by they said investors, but if you I know I voted for the merger, yeah, I exactly. A, a I was a shareholder of both companies. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, if you were a shareholder in 2016 and you're still holding that stock, you've had an incredible run. This is not something to be upset about. The only kind of investor that would not be happy with this would be a short seller. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so to say the you are not acting. Investor. Yes. I mean, yeah, even, so... my, even my Solar City shares have gone way up, uh, but mostly it was my Tesla shares. <laughs> right. Yeah. So my Solar City shares got converted to Tesla shares. And I still have a Solar City bond that pays a oh, nice, nice dividend. Yeah, and I wish they offered more of them because uh, I didn't buy enough. I, <laughs> so, so yeah, that that um, that's just BS to say that you weren't acting in the investor's best interest because results say otherwise. Uh, and Elon it, and and the Reeveses didn't vote, so I mean, like, it, right? Unless, and, unless and, they lied about not voting, that would be the only argument I would have. Right. So if you look at what Tesla's business model has been from the beginning is to say, okay, we want to make electric vehicles. What are all the things that people object to? They say that they don't go fast, that they're just golf carts or milk floats. We'll make a sports car. They say they don't go far. We'll fix that. We'll make long range EVs. We're not going to make 40 mile uh, range EVs. We're going to have significant range. Uh, they say there's no place to charge them. We're going to build a charging network that has fast charging, uh, or if you do find someplace, it's slow. So we're going to make them fast, and we're going to uh, have people install uh, chargers in their garage so they can just wake up every morning with a full tank. 
And then the other thing that people say is that, oh, you're, um, it's not really green. You're just running a coal plant somewhere. So we're going to sell solar panels. And so if that's somebody's concerned, you can, hey, you're buying this car. Let's sell you some solar panels too. And so it, it's, that's the package and you have to have the whole package. And it was in the 2006 business plan. So no one should be surprised that, that merging with solar city was part of the long-term plan. And, and now it's a drop in. You can't get the batteries without the solar and you can't get the solar without the battery because the inverter is one inverter. <laughs> on the side of, yeah. Yeah. But you can buy the car without or either way. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So, so that package was absolutely uh, like essential to their business plan. Not only that, if solar city had failed, how much of that would have backwashed onto Tesla and said, oh, you know, you were the chairman of that company and they failed and you're just the next Solyndra and Tesla's going to go down the same way. And it, th there would have been so much other problems if that had happened that, that even if it was a quote, quote, bailout, it was the right thing to do in the long run for Tesla. So, so to say that it was not the right thing is ridiculous. And uh, I hope that not only this case gets thrown out, but, but I hope that, uh, uh, that the um, plaintiff, whoever brought the case, is uh, all the legal fees have to be paid by them. I hope they are penalized for bringing up this slap suit. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. I'm sorry, Mark. This was not on your agenda, and I just went. I ranted. <laughs> I'm just wondering what story you're going to bring up next, because I. Am... <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Needed to be said. Um, next, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about China. Of course, uh, we heard recently that the Model Y uh, standard range had been introduced to Hong Kong. And we yes. thought that was fairly logical because Hong Kong as an island is fairly small. And uh, there's not a lot of people that, that traverse uh, between Hong Kong and the mainland. Some do, uh, but you're going to have to ship your car out of there uh, by boat. So a lot of people just stay on the island of Hong Kong if they live there. So a smaller range vehicle on that island would be fine. Well, it turns out that Tesla's now opened the order gates uh, for mainland China for that same standard range car. And of course, uh, it qualifies for uh, incentives. And uh, it's it apparently is uh, causing a bit of a stir. They're selling quite a few of them. A lot of them are up for reservations. What's that, Casey? I've got an anecdote on this one. So the Tesla, sorry, the Tesla, the Ford Mach-E Club in China all unanimously, simultaneously flipped their Mach-E reservations to Model Y standard range reservations. That's not good for Ford, the Ford Club. No, no, it's not. <laughs> the, the, well, they're the Tesla Model Y Club now, so. Yeah, we got to read the book. Uh, it's not going to work out too well for them uh, going the other way. But uh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, sales are up. So uh, it's being uh, it's being wildly successful. People want standard range. Please bring it back to North America. We want it here too. There's a whole bunch of people that would love to add that car, uh, even with the range of uh, you know sub two fifty uh, yeah. miles. Yeah, Elon said off menu, but uh, so far the people who've been looking for it have only been able to find one that hit the ground, and I haven't heard of anybody successfully able to order it. Okay, so uh, yeah, if uh, if if you want that car, bug your local uh, uh, showroom. Go in and talk to them. Tell them you want it. Keep Maybe they've gotten better with the timeshare pitch. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that option exists. Uh, could still exist if uh, we want it, and uh, it looks like people want it. Certainly in Asia. 
Another story from Asia is about uh, CCS uh, being added to Tesla superchargers. Apparently, the Taiwanese government uh, has forced Tesla to retrofit all its superchargers in the country with a CCS plug. Um, some of them already had it, uh, but um, uh, the government had some sort of an arrangement that they wanted Tesla to have that ability uh, to have uh, CCS charging on those same units. So that is going to be happening, and Tesla is going to retrofit all those superchargers uh, with that in with that uh, new plug. And uh, basically, what happens is you're just going to have two cables that come out of it. You'll have a CCS cable, and you will have the standard Tesla cable. So uh, that uh, has been flagged to happen. And uh, here's an idea. We'd like to have that in North America too, I think, because uh, Tesla could help, uh, as we've mentioned before, maybe uh, contribute to pay for the supercharger network, expand it even further. If we could get other vehicles to charge at Tesla um, uh, stations, um, again, I may be treading on the people in California that uh, really need their stations. There's so many cars there, uh, but uh, certainly you could select some stations uh, in California and for the rest of the country. There's a lot of stations that are underused um, and having that ability for other EVs to charge might be a bonus for Tesla. But uh, Oh yeah, that's I'm a great idea. Not just a bonus, it could be a revenue center, profit center if priced correctly. Yeah. I like the way you phrase that, Mark, where if they make it select stations, the ones that are underutilized, and that way they're not accessing the entire network, they're not all going to the place that's already got a queue, uh, but they're going to the places that are underutilized. And and you could easily do that with uh, in their nav system of these new cars that are you're added, you only put in the ones that they're allowed. And you could even change it as uh, new stations are built or assuming that that car has over-the-air updates, which they, they really should if it's going to be a modern electric vehicle uh, going forward. Yeah. Well, we won't uh, I, I, or they could do, they could do like, um, like electrify America and the others do like where there's one Chatamo. Well, there's one CCS at the Tesla station. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to see a few of them, but uh, yeah, I would prefer uh, more, it but would, yeah. it, it would make sense to do that. And of course people could sign up with the, uh, they get their own Tesla app account. And uh, if the car can read, and maybe that's a prerequisite of any cars that could charge at CCS, is the car has to be able to be able to communicate with the uh, the network so that there's no touch charge. You don't have to do anything but plug it in. It reads the serial number. It bills you automatically. It all goes through. So I know uh, where to text you to get out of the way. Yeah. The whole <laughs> oh, thing, yeah. It would, idle it fees. would be all yep. of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they would get the, the fees if they let the car idle there too long. All that stuff, I, I would think, would be exactly the same. Um, and uh, then, you know, Tesla could use that some of that revenue to maintain or build new ones. So uh, why not in underutilized areas that I've seen a lot? And I'm sure Patrick, I'm sure Casey has seen this on their cross-country tours that there's a lot of chargers we go to and we're the only ones there. Tumbleweeds. You, know, you, you spend your whole time <laughs> charging here, you don't see another Tesla. So obviously that's an underused resource that Tesla could pull some revenue from. So uh, if you're listening, Tesla, think about that. So um, on the topic, uh, Derek says, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Uh, Hockey Day says it's the cost to add CCS to the cars. Uh, Derek clarifies further that, uh, sorry, in California. 
and uh, Hockey Day says no screen to walk you through the using it without CCS users. But at the same time, if as uh, Mark said that they are fully compatible with with the with the paradigm, then you don't need a screen. Yeah, and worst case charge, is they, they tell you to pull your phone out. Yeah, plug and charge would have to be a requirement. Yeah, the uh, IEEE standard for that interface. Exactly, Derek. That's that's my point. It's, it'll make them profit that they can then use to build more chargers and to build better chargers because Elon was talking about faster than V three. So mm-hmm. we're gonna need to get there somehow. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of chargers, uh, just going to share a little picture here. Let's go to the share mode. And there we go. You're seeing that? That is a 12-station supercharger, and that happens to be at Giga Texas. That's a prefab, too. Oh. Look at how they're all on the conduit. Exactly. It was a prefab. They were on three trailers that we lost, or two trailers that we last saw. And That's right. uh, you can see the little ribbons on the middle ones mm-hmm. uh, as they celebrate the opening. So uh, Giga <laughs> Texas is now online with a supercharger. And actually, our friends over at uh, supercharge.info uh, have uh, already added to, to their uh, country list. So it's, it's there is as it- well. Is it private right now? Because it's a little weird to have an opening without it being open to the it, public. It's private right now, yes. Okay, so, so we'll have another uh, opening. I, yeah, there will have to be another one. But uh, uh, as we've seen previously, uh, Austin is exploding with superchargers uh, now uh, as they start to come online and new permits are showing up all the time. So uh, you're, there's going to be no lack of place to charge in <laughs> Austin. That is for sure. Yeah. All right. With that, uh, moving on to FSD Beta 9 was released just this past week in the middle of the Saturday night. morning, and, yeah. <laughs> and all those people that have access were out on the roads traveling in their different areas and cities across the country testing out the new interface and uh, the new iteration, which is now version 9. So um, we've seen a, a number of different videos have been uh, placed uh online i'm sure some of you have seen them already uh but uh, i just found it kind of uh, interesting that of course people just dying to get it uh, in the middle of the night uh <laughs> driving around on the east coast at 3 a.m trying to explain <laughs> to police officers why they're out on the road driving driving around staring at their screens uh, because of course uh, there was a lot of attention being paid to the screen itself uh, the boxy uh, Tronish kind of look uh, is now gone away, and they've now entered into a new phase where the graphics are more uh, photorealistic, uh, and they're adding new things uh, like um, there's a bit of a fuzzy uh, look to the objects that the car is not completely sure about, and as it's to what it is, it it kind of dials in uh, with crispness on the screen. So that's pretty uh, clever. That's an interesting idea, having it have it kind of fuzzy, foggy, and then once it knows what it is, it 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 sharpens up that view and changes the graphic to a sharp graphic. So yep. uh, you, as a driver, uh, can look at the screen and understand what the car may be having problems with, as opposed to what it what it thinks is is already in play for it. Yeah, um, Galley's tried to run him into. Um, uh, monorail pylons and then green's friend went and uh and, and pulled the actual data what the car sees it sees that they're not drivable space so i'm curious mm-hmm. 
what Galley did to upset his model Y. <laughs> well, I mean, it. I watched that video, and it, and it, it turned that way. But it, there's, and then he grabbed and corrected it. But there's no, you don't know if it was going to. Sometimes it'll do just a, a minor, quick adjustment to. Uh, do, so, do you want to find out? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying he was wrong to grab it. I'm just saying that, that, that it might not have just rammed him into the monorail pole. That might not be what it was planning on doing. Well, I don't think it would have rammed because the ultrasonics did see it. So uh, yeah. but it, might, it might have still done the wrong thing. <laughs> right. Yes, this is beta. Assume it's going to do the wrong thing. Be at the ready. Pay attention. <laughs> but if you're driving around at 3 a.m. and a cop's watching you, you better hope it doesn't drive like it's drunk because you're getting right. pulled over if that's the case. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm just my car was driving. Here's the tape. <laughs> and it was interesting that uh, that's exactly what happened to Dirty Tesla. Uh, oh, really? A YouTuber based in Michigan. He actually uh, got pulled over for the police for, for running a red. And oh. he had to actually explain to the police officer that the car didn't do it. He did it. And then the police officer said, so the car knew more than what you knew. And he had to admit <laughs> to that. Uh, so uh, he didn't get a ticket. It was 3.30 in the morning. But uh, he came to a flashing red. Oh. Uh, which, and he thought that uh, all, the, um, uh, all the sides were flashing red, but it turned out the other side was flashing yellow. So his side was required to stop while the other side was able to go through. So yeah. what he did actually could have caused an accident if there were if there was traffic on the road, which there was not. Yeah, uh, yellow is caution, red is stop. Was watching. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, he had to explain how the car did stop, and he pushed it through. And uh, the police officer <laughs> made a joke that uh, so the car knows better than you already, and uh, he, he had to admit that. So that was kind of <laughs> only only the safest drivers. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, our friend Tesla Tino, uh, Raphael, who we've spoken to previously about the FSD, uh, he is he has uh, promised to uh, come back on a, a show in the future, in the near future, and talk a little bit about the improvements that he's seen with cool. the FSD beta version nine. So Excellent. watch for that; uh, should be coming up within the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Next, uh, Patrick's got a story on the West Coast. He's taking all the West Coast stories today, folks. That's West right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, how we go, whatever. <laughs> uh, so this is about Snohomish County. Uh, the Washington, the uh, sheriff's office there has gone electric with a Model Y. As, as you guys uh, know, we've covered several of these uh, police departments, sheriff's offices, and other places getting Teslas and converting them. And uh, in some cases, they're just using them as their um, community outreach vehicle. They're not actually, you know, daily patrol cars, but this one is. It's going to uh, carry the equipment and transport arrestees and make traffic stops and all the normal things that a uh, police car is expected to do. And uh, so they went through and they looked at all the offerings that are currently out there. They screened Elect all electric vehicles from Ford, Nissan, Hyundai, Kia, Chevy, Tesla, Audi, Volkswagen, and Volvo. And they landed on the Model Y. And uh, this is the one that um, best met their needs at a reasonable price. They're going to save significantly on their gas and brakes and maintenance. Uh, the only thing they might spend a little more on is tires. <laughs> and, <laughs> Maybe. Yep. <laughs> right. Maybe. It all depends on how you drive it. But yep. Um, so uh, 
they, they did say they've put more durable tires on, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, probably probably wear, cheaper tires. Wear through the ones that come with <laughs> first. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, would be no, the... it's not damaged, Derek. It's wa- it's got so- soap suds on it. Oh uh, yeah, the... wash. Are you sharing the? Uh... Yeah, because of course, if you own a Tesla, you have to wash it because that's half the fun. I'm wondering <laughs> if they could have dirty Tesla. They took the caps off. <laughs> they did, I, and they put the finishing kit on it. Look, it's got center caps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wonder. I wonder if there's a better way to mount that antenna on the back. Uh, one it doesn't appear yeah, centered, little, and little bump. Yeah, and then two, if it's not centered, why not do it under the mirror or something? Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of interesting placement. Um, yeah. Anyway, looks good, though. Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, the first one, so hopefully uh, they'll, they're will they going to collect data on it and uh, see how much savings it has, and it'll soon be joined by, by many brothers and sister Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, as many police departments are switching, and uh, Tesla is a hugely popular choice, as we've seen in the past. So the trend continues. Let's go Florida. underground. Florida, what's going on? <laughs> yes. So uh, a couple of folks uh, at I don't know their organization, Warren Redlick. Uh, they had uh, the mayor of Fort Lauderdale on, and they were discussing the boring tunnel bid. And uh, they they came up with some some further details, like what street it's actually going to be going from into, like to the intersection. It's going to happen at the uh, at the transportation hub, and uh, they expressed desire to see it expand the same way that uh, that Vegas is doing right now, and. Uh, it was about an hour uh, of of a show, but uh, the time they spent talking to the mayor was about twenty three minutes. So, uh, if you, if you can spare it, it was a it was an interesting uh, interview, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, apparently we learned that it is going to be two tunnels, of course, uh, a, a eastbound and westbound tunnel, and uh, it's going to be under the street, uh, and there's going to be one station in between uh, the start. And they won't say where. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not say where, but they are in discussions with a number of different businesses about uh, where it's going to be located. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> another part that was kind of interesting to hear was that they were going to use an existing piece of city infrastructure at the beach. They have a little bit of a transportation hub at the beach, and that's where they're planning for the tunnel to come up uh, and exit. Uh, is in that same area where the city has a a gazebo and a couple of other parking uh, infrastructure areas there. Uh, so from downtown Fort Lauderdale all the way to the beach, one stop in the middle, two tunnels, and uh, they're waiting again the 45 days since this was an unsolicited bid from the boring company to hear from others. If uh, anyone wants to bid less than $30 million, <laughs> uh, which uh, most likely will not happen. Um but uh, we will see uh, as that uh, bid uh, period comes to an end. And then um, they also expressed interest in having uh, local businesses uh, pay their own way. So you can see just like Vegas where uh, not only did they expand it, but it cost the city nothing. So that would be fun. Yeah, the mayor didn't get into anything about cost or what it would be, um, how it was going to be repaid. or uh, But uh, Warren uh, did ask about the possibility of what if you allowed the boring company to have the land 
they were to build the tunnel, they own the tunnel, they'd have to operate the tunnel, and then they would give you a percentage of rides uh, that is collected from rides. And the mayor, of it course, cost them less. Being, being a political kind of guy, uh, turned around and said, of course, we're open to listen to anything. So uh, <laughs> there's no real answer, but uh, Warren did get to uh, present his idea uh, in, to the mayor directly. That, that's that's actually a really good idea because at that point, then the city's not responsible for any upkeep. You don't have to, uh, hey, we were going to do a half cent tax to, to redo the tunnel walls, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if they're literally just collecting a check every month and Tesla has, or not, no, not Tesla, uh, the boring company is responsible for all of it, then they have to keep it safe. They have to maintain it. They have to uh, do the, the fee collection. And mm-hmm. literally, all they do is just grant them an easement and uh, at least collect their check. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know any other people fighting to get this underground uh, land space. So it's not like they're even giving them that much. Yeah, and and, uh, another part about the underground part is that uh, we heard that uh, the Boring Company has, or or they have their own engineering group, and they've been looking at the the soil. They've been looking at the the rock that's underneath uh, Fort Lauderdale, and and they will make recommendations based on what they find uh, through uh, their investigation. Uh, but of course, people have raised the uh, concern about, well, this is this is Florida, pretty close to the water table in Florida. Um, and uh, they already talked about there. Apparently, there's already a tunnel that's been in Florida and it's been there for 90 plus years. Uh, and of course, every once in a while, it does flood like every tunnel typically does uh, from a downpour. Uh, there are problems with tunnels across the world. But as they mentioned, you know, you can build the tunnel for that type of a scenario, as well as when it does flood, it's not the end of the world. The tunnel will be pumped out and dried mm-hmm. out and operated again. So it's not like it's made out of sugar and melts. Uh, the tunnel is operational after you get the water out of it as well. So uh, not necessarily a problem. And uh, and obviously, any city that's going to get involved with this, uh, hopefully they would do their due diligence, as I'm sure Fort Lauderdale will do, and study what's going to, uh, where it's going to go through, what it's going to be going under canals uh, and coming up on the beach. So, uh, you know, the, the threat of water is certainly there, and I would hope that uh, all involved uh, would take that uh, consideration uh, to heart as they're engineering this. I wonder if they'll put a door on it for hurricanes. That'd be mm. interesting. Yep. Like a blast door. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other thing with that is, uh, like, like uh, there's no rails or anything in there. No, there's a lot less hardware to rust or, or corrode mm. when it does flood, if it ever right. if it ever floods. But like uh, the subway in New York, it it occasionally floods. They 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 have pumps and everything, and then when they get overwhelmed, they have external pumps that they they just drop some hoses down, and then they just suck all the water out. <laughs> We saw some video of that recently. Uh, we did, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the, the uh, subway really got hammered on uh, a couple of stations. Yeah. But uh, with that, Casey's got another story for us. Yeah, so I, I really enjoy my bioweapons defense mode in my Model X. And now you can enjoy it in your brand new Model Y. Whenever you get it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some retrofit. So it doesn't have to be brand new, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be brand new. Uh, the retrofit will be done before delivery at the service center, so I'm not sure what the cutoff oh, okay. is for um, cars that don't yet have it. it. It sounds like pretty much just very recent cars. 
like July first um, or we something. We heard that this something was like that, available yeah. in China from the start, right? And now this right. is a, a new development that the U.S. cars are going to start to receive it. Correct. Yeah, uh, and it, it and it does require like the uh, like like Patrick said, it does require some retrofit because the filter is a completely different size, and is a different place. So. Um, depending on how the retrofit is, is engineered, you might not be able to get it earlier than a certain date. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a nice feature. When we were having all the smoke around here, it was nice to have that. Uh, definitely nice to be able to filter the air. Yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so, so it, 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 um, it, it comes with the HEPA filter and positive pressure, overpressure. So what will happen is it'll filter all the air that's coming in better than hospital grade uh, or equal to hospital, depending on where you're measuring your HEPA levels at anyway. Uh, and then anything that happens to already be in there is going to be expelled from the overpressure. And because the car has that positive pressure, nothing is going to be able to come into the seals unless you're in an environment that's already more pressurized than the car somehow. But in that case, you're, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very good. So it uh, looks like um, looks like uh, Giga Berlin and Giga Texas will obviously be uh, following that same pattern as well. So the Model Y going yeah, forward. Yeah, because like these are Fremont having, cars. Yeah, is going yeah. to be having a bioweapon from this point forward. So that's great. Yeah. Another addition uh, to the car. Um, Patrick, I should have done this story before this one, but uh, you had a story on your blog, uh, Cars with Courts. You want that's to right. Yeah, so um, we were just talking about the boring tunnel, and uh, we've brought it up on this show before. That when when the Vegas tunnel first opened, and was being shown off there to reporters and other people, there were a lot of stories that came out that said, "This is dumb. They should just use trains." And so, I we we talked about it here and um, brought up the point of how people who say that just don't understand how much more scalable this can be when you have a point-to-point -point network and how uh, if you have a train, you have so many stops and, and whenever you add a stop, that means everybody has to stop at that stop to get where you're going. And, and that limits the ability for it to scale. And, and if and they not skip only, the stop, then nobody can use that stop. <laughs> right, yeah. And um, whereas we just talked about in Florida, if there's some place that wants to, to add a stop and they're willing to pay for it, great, they can add it to the network. Well, guess what? That's only going to be used by people who want to go there or or leave there. And so it didn't cause congestion at other places. It didn't cause like every uh, – it's now a stop that everyone has to stop at. That's not the way that the boring tunnel system works, or the loop, I should say. And so uh, I did this analysis of um, – so my day job used to be as a network engineer. And uh, so I saw the evolution of, of networks as we went to the modern system that data centers run on today. And uh, there were several uh, earlier technologies that did not scale. And so now we have a switched network that does scale. And that's exactly what they've done here. They've went from this uh, shared topology to a switched topology and applied it to personal transportation, or, or, or I should say this, this, uh, this system. So uh, the, uh, the, you can read it. I've got it all here in detail. And uh, the, the, the finishing line I, I really uh, was happy with. And it's time to change from tunnel vision to visions of tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. 
<laughs> very nice. Very nice. Yeah, so, so you uh, can check that out at carswithgourds.net. Yeah, we'll add a, a link to the show notes uh, for that as well. And it was actually in last week's show notes, if you... It was. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I missed last week's show. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Something popped up last not minute. Not a problem. Not a problem. Next, uh, Patrick's going to talk a little bit about um, Tesla asking supercharger users to uh, maybe back off a little bit. What's that about? That's right. Yes. So um, as at the show opener, I talked about how California is currently being hit by a heat wave. And uh, this is uh, at least number two on the West Coast. The uh, one that was here a week ago or so uh, was setting all-time records. So normally we got 110 here, and normally it's like in the low 70s. So that's 40 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. That's crazy. And uh, and uh, it's, it's happening again. Uh, so people are going to be running their air conditioners on full blast for a lot of hours during the day. And uh, so what Tesla has done is they've popped up this notice on your screen because they're connected cars and they can do that. And they're asking Tesla owners to help relieve the stress on the grid due to this heat wave. And they're asking people to not charge between the hours of 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. because that's when they expect AC usage to be the highest. And um, so uh, they're... Uh, Additional proactive utility shutoff may occur, limit charging options. So this is really an attempt to say, let's give the grid what the energy they need when they need it most and not use it to charge your car. So that's, uh, you should be charging overnight anyway for most of your trips. And uh, unless you're doing some, you know, kind of epic road trip, then uh, maybe you should take a, a, a break during those hours and, Get a take a siesta, get a meal, but uh, don't charge until afterwards. So uh, yeah, that that makes perfect sense to me. That uh, this is unprecedented levels of heat, and uh, let's not add stress to the grid. Yep, but that's the beauty of the stations that have uh, battery backing because yes, not only do they have peak shaving, they also can operate if the grid fails. Right. Yeah, and solar panels like Kettleman City and others, they can generate. Yeah, their some own. have batteries and solar, and some mm -hmm. just have batteries. So they they obviously can't run indefinitely, but the solar ones can run for quite a while with, with, with no connection. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Tesla ramps those up over time. Those are typically few and far between at this point. Um, yes. But, uh, well, they can have some place uh, to put the Tesla restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see more solar-powered Tesla uh, supercharger stations. Yeah. Um, any of them out there uh, just being able to uh, uh, charge up uh, any time that the sun is out there and to have an extra bank of batteries to uh, shave off the peak and be a battery backup uh, would be a plus. But obviously, uh, Tesla's constrained on batteries, as we know. Uh, right. And... Uh, and putting them in at, at superchargers probably isn't, they'd rather sell them out front oh, oh. Uh, to help uh, pro propel the sales of cars. So, Although if they uh, install AutoBidder, it could still be a profit center for them. If if they could do that and be their, uh, basically their own power company in those states or counties, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's- And I'm guessing that's, that's what they're uh, going to do with the mega charger stations for the semi. Oh yeah, most definitely. Say. 
Yeah, because they're going to you have know, with that demand charge. requirements. Yeah, exactly. Boom. <laughs> the whole city goes dark. <laughs> Whereas at, at the places that they're doing supercharging now, most of that is uh, leased space in a parking lot from a restaurant or a mall or whatever. So yeah, Tesla can't just throw solar panels on there because they would like to. Uh, the, the, the landowner has to agree to that. Or it could be illegal in the area. Uh, I was just talking with somebody who uh, it's illegal to install solar panels in their in their city. Jeez. Yeah, I agree. That's <laughs> terrible. That's it absolutely is. terrible. Well, for those of you in the chat room live with us today, if you've got a comment or a question, uh, put it in. We'll uh, answer it at the after the next story, since we're going to have a little bit of extra time. Um, with that, our last story of the evening uh, is about that battery constrainment possibility uh, is that the Model Y has been sold out again. So quarter three of Model Y production is now sold out two weeks into the new quarter. So uh, just like it was last quarter, uh, sold out early. And of course, it didn't really affect the numbers that were sold. It's not like... Uh, there were not enough Model 3 or Model Ys. Uh, you know, the number was not down. Uh, it was up. So um, they're producing as many as they can, but they're selling out of them way early into the quarter. And uh, this is an, this is the second quarter in a row that this happened. So We're only two weeks into the quarter, and they're yeah, sold out for this weeks. whole quarter. Two weeks. So two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there sitting waiting for a Model Y, you're thinking you're going to order it. If you want it before the end of the year, you better order it today, uh, mm. because I don't think this is going to change. It's looking like this car is starting to catch fire. And and again, I should use <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it, in sales, this vehicle is is hot. It's it's being sold everywhere quickly. And uh, it appears that uh, in North America, again, after two weeks, it's now sold out for quarter three. And uh, you'll have to wait till the end of quarter three or into quarter four before uh, you're going to get one. So uh, if you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence, it's time to get off the fence because uh, it looks like uh, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Indeed. It's exciting, though. Yeah, exactly. And, what's uh, what's going to sell it next? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Casey, could I get you to take a look at the comments? Is there yeah. anybody that has a question or a comment that they wanted to voice? Uh, Derek said that they had power loss in his area and uh -oh. that he received that same message about uh, being oh. mindful of the charging. Generally, what's your area, Derek? Not, not too he's, specific. He's near Moss. I believe he's near Moss Landing in California. Okay. So that would, that would be the... Uh, just south of the Bay Area, I would think. Oh, okay. Because Derek was commenting, I believe it was Derek that was commenting on the Moss Landing site that was close to him. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, when the grid uh, is being overtaxed, uh, in this case, for most likely for air conditioning because of the heat, it, uh, it only makes sense if, uh, if you could charge the vehicle at night, which you should be doing anyways. Um, mm-hmm. In, in almost all cases, unless you're traveling on that particular day. And uh, that uh, that should be able to help uh, the grid overall. So um, yeah. it's, and I know in California, again, it's it's a different microcosm because there, 
there are so many Teslas, there are so many superchargers, um, and there's such a large population that it's um, it's something that uh, uh, the grid is going to be taxed uh, when something like a heat wave uh, settles in and uh, stays in the region for a long time. Yep. Uh, Derek says Campbell, San Jose. Okay. And uh, Rideshare Safety Guide says, I think version 11 will be the start of full self-driving. And mm. I think that's that's a reasonable guess because uh, he he told us about the double fire emoji and we got half a fire emoji and uh, <laughs> <laughs> half a fire emoji and the external speaker the boombox um, <laughs> and uh, we I don't think they would have updated the visuals for the mind of car stuff just for the beta team uh, because they were already used to seeing the uh, the Tron view so. I think you're onto something with that. One other topic I'll just touch upon is, uh, did you guys see, uh, since we've talked about the boring company, SpaceX, uh, of course, shipped one of their drone ships uh, through the Panama Canal on another ship. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Ship, uh, to get it over to uh, uh, the uh, West Coast so it could uh, start receiving uh, SpaceX uh, rockets that are uh, supplying the uh, Starlink for the polar uh, run over the polar ice caps. Yeah. But uh, in order to, they, they still need another one on the East Coast, so they bought a new one. Uh, but this new one is a little bit more unique because it's not a barge. It is now a um, autonomously controlled uh, ship that's going to receive the rockets. So this particular ship does not have to be towed by a tugboat out to its area. It can be driven out to its own area and driven back on its own power. Yeah, it had a tow hitch in the front. So I'm wondering if that's when it's not fast enough for the next mission or? Possibly, yeah, possibly. But uh, it, uh, they had some, uh, Elon actually uh, produced a, or posted a little video of uh, it out uh, maneuvering in the water under its own power. Yep. So uh, I've got several questions in the air right now. Um, uh, Rideshare Safety Guide is asking uh, if full self-driving uh, version 11 will be at level 5. What do we think? Uh, I personally don't think that we'll see level 5 anytime soon. As uh, as, as optimistic of, of this as I am, I'm, I'm slightly behind Elon. Uh, and then you actually have a mix with these two uh, as far as the level of pessimism. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've, I've uh, put out my uh, guesstimate of level five, as in like you can just curl up in the back and take a nap uh, legally with nothing else required is 2027. That's yep. that's where I'm placing my chips. But yeah, it's all, it's all a bet. It is. And then yep. his follow-up, uh, sorry, their follow-up was um, level three or full self-drive. Uh, so we're not currently at level three. Uh, we're still at level uh, level two, level two, one, yeah, yeah. two point five, yeah. yeah so human is required. Yeah, so um, level three is kind of a, a strange level um, in that the, the car can do some things in some situations, but it also has to tell you when give you some time before takeover. It's not just like takeover. So I don't think we're ever going to see a, a level three, I think it's, uh, and then level four is also kind of strange in that level four is really designed for, it operates in this domain. Like um, say you had a uh, airport shuttle bus and it's programmed to do that route and only that route. So I don't think that's uh, going to be what Tesla's interested in doing at all. 
So I think they're going to go from two to five. I don't think there's going to be a three or a four it, it, because the, yeah. right now, two, they have people behind the wheel. The person is responsible. The person is giving the feedback and training the neural net. And then when the neural net is properly trained and operates, it'll be at level five. So that I think they're going to skip the in-between. I think so, too. Um, and then let's see. Derek was asking if we're taking our cars in for preventive maintenance. Is there anything on the Model 3 that uh, they should routinely do with Tesla? Uh, mine's actually going in mm, in a couple of weeks for the air conditioner. Uh, it went out again temporarily. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one so thing, One thing I would suggest is uh, brakes. Um, yeah. Since the brakes aren't used, get them cleaned once a year, maybe once every two years, definitely. Uh, but uh, that will allow your brakes, your physical brakes, not to seize up because of uh, non-use, uh, because you're using uh, the regen so often. So that would be one. That's the only thing with my Model 3. That and the wiper really blades. If you're dry. Maintenance. Yeah. Um, I've also had some maintenance issues where, uh, like, I had a problem with the light, but that was not something that was preventative maintenance. That's something right. that just happened and was replaced under warranty. Yeah, if you're in a state that doesn't do annual inspections, I would just find a state that has good good ratings for the items on their annual inspection and just get somebody to do that for you. They, they check the thre treads, they check the seatbelts, the glass, the lights. Um, you probably have to pay for half-hour labor. It's, it's, not, it's not terrible. Uh, and that would give you an idea of anything that might need work before it gets to be dangerous. How about you, Patrick? Anything that you do on a regular basis or look over on your car? Uh, yeah. So uh, with the X, um, I bought the maintenance plan, which they don't even offer for the 3 and Y any longer. Right. So <laughs> yeah, so I take it in every year on that maintenance plan that I bought a long time ago. And uh, they rotate the tires and check all the fluids and you know do all the normal tests that they, that they do. And uh, so that's when the... Um, I had the uh, MCU upgrade, um, or not the uh, the uh, the memory stick, the the, uh, the what is it called? EMMC. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. So I had that upgrade done as part of that since it was already in there, and then uh, yeah. So that's and with the three, I've been neglecting it. It it, it doesn't need any <laughs> maintenance. <laughs> I put some wiper fluid in it. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And every four years, you check your 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 brake fluid. It used to be every two years. Um, a studio guy is asking, uh, what's your guys' guesses for when Cybertruck may enter production? Uh, oh. Personally, production. I think that we'll see a handful for a delivery event at the end of the year, maybe in time for Christmas. Yeah. Maybe. That's my guess as well, that they'll, they'll deliver just a few to say they made some in 2021. And then uh, in next year, we'll see the ramp up. But it'll start slow. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, since it's a completely different vehicle uh, that they're used to, uh, the ramp up on the production line is going to be slow, would be my guess. And I'd be saying you're not going to be able to see volume production until partway into 2022. So small amount, hopefully at the end of the year, uh, but uh, Q1 and Q2 are going to be uh you know, getting used to that production line, uh, figuring out what has to be changed, what can stay the same, uh, all those things are going to have to be done. Uh, they're certainly going to be faster than what happened with the Model 3, but uh, right. it is... It is but nowhere near as fast as the Model Y. Right. Yep. So it's it's something that uh, is going to be in between. Yep. Uh, yeah. Derek had a follow-up question of what fluids. 
So you've got your brake fluid, you've got your uh, coolants for the battery, the motors, all of that. Uh, and then you've got your, um, not Freon, but your, your compressor fluid, basically, <laughs> for the air conditioner. And uh, I think that's it. Any other fluids I'm missing? Oh, the washer fluid. Washer fluid. <laughs> yeah, the easy one. That's yeah. really obvious when it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Zach had a good one. He was asking uh, why you need to be overbilled for renewable energy and invest heavily in energy storage. And then part two of that was that's why you need to overbuild reno renewables. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. have extra excess of renewables and you don't have uh, this susceptibility to uh, what the fossil people want to do, I mean, yeah, you might have to curtail some of it, but would you rather curtail or would you rather be in a deficit? Right. I totally agree. Uh, we should be uh, overbuilding on renewables. And then that there are going to be times when energy will be free or cheap when we're overproducing. And that will open up opportunities for new innovative things to be done that, that you couldn't do if you had to pay for electricity. But uh, if there are, are times when it's super cheap, then, you know, who knows what things people will invent. Maybe it'll be some carbon capture or maybe it'll be some Bitcoin mining or who knows what. But uh, I really like that idea of overbuild and allow innovation. Yep. Uh, Derek was asking if any of us is getting a Cybertruck. Casey's getting every vehicle on Earth, so we knew <laughs> yeah. he was getting I am not. I am not. I'm just the Aptera and the Cybertruck. Um, I would love a Model X Plaid, but I, I don't see any way financially to, to pull it off. <laughs> not at this time. I on the three. I am done for a while. I may <laughs> consider the Model Next, but right now mm. I'm happy with the three. There you go. I did. My first EV was a truck, and I really liked having a truck, so I'm tempted. But uh, I'm not in the market until 2025. Absolutely. Uh, Rideshare Safety Guide is asking, any chance Tesla makes a hover car that will be the Tesla VTOL supersonic plane? And I know we need a lot more powerful batteries than the 4680 battery. Um, I don't know that they'd make a hover car. And the VTOL plane, I don't know that, that would be for personal use. I mean, you've seen the way that your neighbors take care of their cars. Do you want them <laughs> flying over your head? <laughs> right. But at some point in the future, when yeah. uh, they can be fully autonomous, I mean, and so you don't have to have a pilot license, yeah. um, I, I could see that being a, a one method of, of transportation. Uh, maybe it's not, you know, personal, uh, but you, you said go to a regional airport and they can... Uh, hop you up in one of these VTOLs and take you with, to either a relatively short range within a couple hundred miles or to the uh, larger international airport where you, you take a larger plane. But, but uh, if you look at if you if you look at the energy density and then you start saying, okay, well, where have we come from in the last two decades? And then where does that mean we're in 2040? Where does that mean we're at 2070? Um, things change huge over the next 50 years. And uh, so uh, it, at first, it's just easy to say, oh, that's not even possible. Look at the energy density today. It's, it's, you can't do anything other than a one-seater plane. But that's just looking at what we have now. You have to start thinking ahead. And, and I, plus, I do think plus, that VTOL Now we have be... a 20-seater plane already. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just in the last five years, things have gotten significantly better. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so Anders is saying, roadster question mark. Um, 
and audio, a studio guy saying that uh, that yeah, Elon did say he'd like it if the roadster would hover. So yeah, there's there's a hover car. <laughs> and if you're asking if I'm getting the roadster, um, I would uh, if 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 I could find a way to line it up, I would definitely get in line for the roadster. In fact, uh, my wife was just saying, "Is there is there do, do I see a way to make it happen?" And then I told her the price, and she uh, she backed off of that idea for a little bit. <laughs> but but that's, that sounds like permission once we get the money. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said, I'm perfectly allowed to buy her a roadster. Oh. <laughs> ah, that's, well, that's an interesting shit. twist on that. Yeah. That's a yeah. I think the way mine phrased it was she said, um, if we get a roadster, does she need a Model 3? And I said, well, no, at that point, you could drive the Model X. And she's like, let's do that. And I said, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the let's go to the confirmation page and you can sign off can right you can sign for this yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, oh well, yeah and definitely that, definitely thank, the spacex package <laughs> we thank everyone for participating in the quick q a at the end of the day uh join us next week and maybe if we have some extra time we can do that again uh thanks everyone for your support if you haven't already please subscribe please give us a thumbs up that helps us out and uh, if you haven't, uh, you can follow us on our Twitter feed, The Tesla Life, uh, through the week, as well as uh, on our Facebook, uh, The Tesla Life Numeral One. And of course, uh, we thank Patrick uh, for uh, curating the Facebook, and we thank Casey for his expertise in engineering and getting this live show up and running uh, every week. Yep. And, with and that, no promises, but we're going to try to see if we can't get the chats to show up on the screen for the next oh, show. Cool. Yeah, you just <laughs> promised it. <what> you... <laughs> <laughs> we will work. We will see what we can do. But uh, we want to thank you for being with us uh, this week. We want to thank Lee Moon for the music we used every week. And with that, we will see you next time and find out what's going on in the Tesla life. Stay positive, test negative. Have a great week. And enjoy yourself a future free from fossil fuels. Oh, Casey. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Mark didn't do the oh, final shout outs. That's okay. That's all right. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Sorry, guys. <laughs>